Hi, I'm Bridget Murawski, and I'm the creative director of Baz Brothers Unlimited, a vintage wholesaler based in Fresno and Los Angeles, California. This is your bi-weekly dose of all things vintage. with a new episode of my best vintage life podcast how is everyone i hope that you have all been well these last two weeks seems like a longer time than two weeks since i did the last episode i don't know why um i'm a little late getting to it today i was hoping to get it out this morning but just this week has been crazy with personal stuff i'm re i refinanced my house today i signed the paper so crazy i'm gonna end up saving like forty thousand dollars in interest um i just i can't believe that's even physically possible but if you own a home in the united states it's a great time to refinance your your property right now so take my advice if you can and do it it'll save you a lot of money in the long run it's insane when you look at your payments and you see how much is going to interest um so I got that done. I got pre-qualified to get another home. I don't know if I'm actually going to. It's just more of kind of like a conditional thing. If one shows up, maybe I'll I'll dabble in it. We'll see. We'll see. So fingers crossed there. I'm trying to get out of my neighborhood. Just a lot of not so great things have been happening there and I'm feeling less and less safe. So we'll see. And then uh, we had the election, which at this point in time, I'm just so ready to talk about vintage and what I have planned for the episode today. I have absolutely no more energy to expend on the election at this point in time. So I'm ready to to um, to move on there. So without further ado, my normal little opening bits and bobs. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I put my phone on silent. I did not. All right, it's on silent now. <laughs> um, if you want to reach me via email, admin, A-D-M-I-N, at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. That's admin at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can reach out to me for just about anything there, really. It's a Gmail, nothing exciting. <laughs> but if you want to get in touch, that's a good way to do it. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and I wrote podcast. I meant Pinterest. Um, I've gotten a few new Pinterest followers. I haven't been super active on there, which which sucks. So I need to like actively block time to do Pinterest because it's so much fun. I love Pinterest because it's just like so much less dramatic than all the other social media platforms, at least to me. Um, but I am the most active on Instagram. You can follow along at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can also follow my personal at basicbougiebridget. And now I have an Instagram, as if I didn't have enough, um, for my Best Vintage Life Academy We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, website, if you're looking to sign up for our Vintage for Business newsletter, that is the place to do so, www.mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. I did have someone this morning tell me that they had never, they signed up, but they never got it. I believe it was in their spam. Um, I am like 
The email wizard, I have a lot of email experience and I can tell you, you should really check your spam once a day, if not like every so many days, because you never know when something important like my newsletter, I'm just kidding, um, might end up in there. But seriously, you know, something important that you might actually need could end up in there very easily. So keep an eye on your spam. Google Voice, um, if you want to leave me a voicemail, which I'm going to add one in to this episode, I wanted to display it on Instagram, but I couldn't figure out how to do it, so I'm just going to plop it into this episode. It's um, area code 559-365-6743. That's 559-365-6743. And if you'd like to rate and review the podcast, you can do so on Podchaser and or Apple Podcasts. Podchaser is available to everyone, no matter what platform, what operating system you're on. And Apple Podcasts is the app that you can find on your phone, and I'm sure many of you are listening to me at this very moment through such app. My obsession at the moment right now, well, so I had never seen any other Christopher Guest movies. I'd only ever seen Best in Show, and I've seen um, Spinal Tap, but I'm not sure if he actually, I can't remember if he directed that one or not, but I hadn't seen Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind, or For Your Consideration, and I rented all three of them over the last few nights. And you know what? I mean, honestly, renting a movie, I I rented them through Amazon Video. Um, It's like, you know, less than what it would have cost me to go to one movie prior to COVID. So it's, it's nice, you know, and honestly... I, I don't really, I try not to buy DVDs anymore because I just don't have the room and I don't want the clutter. So it's it's kind of like a nice, happy, in the middle choice for me. Um, but I loved all the movies. I My personal favorite between the three, if I had to rank them, I'd say, well, I think Best in Show is the best. And then I'd say Waiting for Guffman, then A Mighty Wind, and then For Your Consideration. I liked For Your Consideration. Didn't think it was that funny. A Mighty Wind to me was funny, but also heartwarming. And then Guffman was just hilarious. So um, if you haven't seen any of those movies, check them out. They're they're really, really good. And um, just, you know, it's like nice to just escape brain-wise, just escape and laugh and not think about anything else. So I highly recommend um, if you've never seen any of them, 100% watch uh, Best in Show first. That is my all-time favorite. Okay, just jumping right in here to our problem-solving theme of inventory, part two. Now, I'm going to pause right here and say, if you haven't listened to part one, hit pause for real, and then go back and listen to part one, because a lot of the stuff I talked about in part one can apply to part two. So listen to that one first. It's important, I think, with this um, series to do it chronologically. So today we're talking about brick and mortar. Now I know a lot of you don't have brick and mortars. Um, A lot of you either sell from home or have a studio space, but there are some people that are listening that have brick and mortar stores and kudos to you. I know things have been really tough with COVID and if you're able to hang on and and keep going, that's amazing. I think you should be applauded for that. Um, And I hope that things get better really soon. So maybe some of you who have dreamt of having a brick and mortar can go forward and do so. I think that's a lovely dream to have and that you should pursue it if if the time is right for you um, in terms of your your finances, I think that's a really, um, a really important one because when you open a brick and mortar, you have overhead, you have rent, you have maybe utilities, 
um, you most likely need to pay for an employee or employees. So it's it's a lot more of a commitment than, you know, doing things from home, which saves a lot of money. So if, if you're able to do that in the future, I'd love to hear, you know, if any of you are opening stores anytime soon, or even if it's a year from now, two years from now, you know, let me know. I'd love to share that on, uh, on social media and congratulate you. All right, starting off here, my first little tip, um, I'd say make sure that the area, the square footage of the space, or um, what do you, I'm not sure what you call it in other countries that are in metric, if it's not square foot. You know what? I should I should have looked that up, but you know what I mean. The size of the store. Make sure that it's appropriate to your needs. Okay. So, is there enough room for the storage that you need? Is there enough room to set up a dressing room or two or three? Um, and is it large enough to host an event? You know, I know a lot of people out there prior to COVID were doing little pop ups at their stores. Um, you know, like art walk events, um, community events, uh, first Fridays where people are out shopping, eating, having fun, um, thinking ahead, try and trying to think like in the future ahead of COVID, um, or I guess COVID in the past, you know, is your space going to be big enough to do something like that? Or are people going to feel super claustrophobic? I personally get claustrophobic really easy. And I've been to store events where I'm like there for 10 minutes and I have to go. I'm like, okay, I came, I said, hi, I did my lap. I had a little glass of wine. Um, and now I'm leaving because this is just like too cluster, cluster fucked for me, basically. Now, some people do enjoy that, but I feel like if you're going to have clothing and things that can easily be damaged in the mix, it's, it's a good thing to um, plan accordingly for space to make sure people feel comfortable. Um, make sure that your inventory will be comfortable. And I'm not trying to personify your clothing here. It is clothing. But at the end of the day, um, is there an HVAC system? You know, is then what that means. I'm not sure what that's called globally, but heating, ventilation, and air conditioning um, is there, are there, you know, grates in the, the ceiling that's piping in hot or cold air? Or is it um, air conditioning window units? Is there heat? Are there ceiling fans for extra circulation? Do you, are you going to need a de- dehumidifier for some reason? Is it extra humid in the space? These are all things to think about. And I do know people um, locally here in Fresno who have that issue where like they're, I mean, you've heard me say how hot it gets here and the place doesn't have any central cooling. So they have to use like one AC unit for a big store and that doesn't do much. So um, also something to think about is, is the store in an area where if it's hot, you feel comfortable leaving a door open all the time? Do you have to worry about maybe people coming into the store that you don't necessarily want in there just kind of roaming in? things to think about for sure and uh, you just want the clothing to to breathe and and be comfortable and also for you know your customers to have that same experience once again i'm this is super important to bring up but you have to i would say discuss with your landlord what you're going to be selling and make sure that he or she is is comfortable um with you selling used items in the space. Not everybody's down with that, unfortunately. And, you know, if they are okay with it, ask them if you're able to make any kind of changes. Like, are you able to paint? Are you able to say, I know a lot of people do like piping in the wall for instead of 
rolling racks they'll do like bars on the wall or they'll install like grids or something you know ask if you can do that and make sure that that's written into your lease agreement so that you know it doesn't come back on you I mean it's easy it's it's one thing for somebody to say like in the heat of the moment oh yeah that's fine you can put screws in the wall or you know um drill into the wall and then you know you're doing your walkthrough if you're leaving and they're like wait you did what so you want to make sure that you have all your bases covered there just like you would in your home or your apartment um make sure that your inventory is safe does the owner of this the building provide you with um, some sort of security system some sort of cameras is that something you can afford to install i mean security has never been more accessible to people whether it's small cameras or do-it-yourself security system like Simply Safe, something like that, um, that is is something you need to take into consideration um, to have some sort of proof. You know, insurance companies are really going to look for that when you file a claim if there is a burglary or some sort of um, you know vandalization of the property. Display your inventory to match your aesthetic. So if I'm a customer, when I walk in, I want to see who you are through your store. I don't like walking into a store and, you know, it just feels like these people, there's like no, there's no um, personality here. And um, some people might know who you are through social media, for example, and then they come check out your store. I want, I think it's good to have that brand cohesion there that when they walk in, it's exactly what they expected it to look like. And um, if it's somebody who doesn't know who you are and they're coming in with absolutely like a blank slate, they have no idea, then make sure that when they come in, they have an idea of who you are, what the shop is like. Are you a minimalistic person? Are you a bright and colorful person? Everybody's different and there's no right or wrong way to be, but I think that your inventory should be displayed and the store should look as a representation of who, who you are as a brand. I um, Just an example to call out, I do remember Lost Girls Vintage in Chicago who I've been following for a long time. They sold out of a Winnebago for a long time and they have a very fun aesthetic and they ended up opening up, um, I believe they're in their second physical space now. And I just remember seeing pictures of it and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I expected it to look like. And I loved it. I think it's amazing, but just fun, bright, colorful. And that's that's what I saw from them. If I would have seen images of like stark white and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. I just would have been like, wait, what? That's that's not them. So make sure it it describes you without words. Very visual. Um. I think now with the way things are with COVID and social distancing, make sure that, you know, space is just like so much more important than it ever was. And if you're going to be open, but maybe by appointment only, or you're only allowing so many people in the store, you really have to consider, take into consideration your space. So say you have this tiny, tiny little store and at one point in time, you know, you can maybe have 10 people comfortably in there, maybe even less than that. Well, it's going to have to be even less than that now, depending on where you live and what the laws are at the moment. But even go forward, I have no idea like when this COVID stuff is going to be over. And I don't think in terms of like social distancing and being like crowded in a place, I don't think that's going to go back to normal right away. Um, so I do think you should plan to be able to provide people with space if they need it. 
and take that into consideration if you're looking to open a space. I think, you know, it's really important now with merchandising to have gender fluidity. I don't think um, you need to have sections where it's women's and men's. One of the best ways you can do that is have vignettes by trends. Um, So mixing in a dress with a flannel, you know, like finding themes within your clothes and you can just have everything sit together and have it more based by trend instead of based by gender. So instead of having one side men's, one side women's, just kind of blend it in. Um, I think that is a really modern take on inventory and something that you should consider consider trying for your store. Um, especially if you were previously carrying clothing for men and women. Um, I've actually had quite a few clients for a long time now. They've been very much just, you know, carrying clothing. They don't really look at it from a gender perspective. They kind of just style it very neutral. Um, But not everybody has been doing that. So I think that could be a really nice and welcoming approach to have within your, your brick and mortar. And, you know, if you're planning on having, like, specific inventory sections, I think it's good to keep and maintain space specifically for that. So, for example, a sale section, maybe, like, a new news section, like a new rack um, or a new display, and then maybe holiday-specific. So, I don't know, let's say, like, Valentine's Day or something. Um, You might have, like, a section, a small section of something with hearts or something red or pink or whatever for the holiday think think about those things like do you want to have sections for specific categories and then build that into your floor space okay I'm actually going to be doing an ad right now for myself (laughs) you know when you're listening to podcasts and they stop and do ads I have no desire to do ads for anyone I get offers um and I'm just like no I'm not Like, I don't know how influencers on Instagram do it. You know, I see people like posing with like a box of cereal. I'm like, do you even like that cereal? Or are you doing it because you're getting paid? Um, There's no amount of money that's going to put me in that space of mind. I just can't do it. So right now I'm running an ad for myself and my academy, my Best Vintage Life Academy. Um, Classes are going to be going live November 21st, Saturday, November 21st. I'm not sure if I'll have everything ready to go that day, but there will be at least one or two options, and I'm super excited for it. So if you haven't checked it out, go to mybestvintagelifeacademy.com. If you pop your email in for an opt-in, you will get a free A to Z thrift guide there, so a little freebie for you. promise you I won't spam you. Um, Since I started sending emails, I've sent two in like the last month, so it's not going to be like an everyday thing by any means, Um, but you can get yourself a little freebie there and stay um, updated. So, And if if that doesn't interest you, maybe it interests someone you know, please feel free to share that, my Best Vintage Life Academy. As far as I know, I'm going to be the first school specifically dedicated to teaching people about vintage clothing, which is really cool and I'm really proud of. So my Best Vintage Life Academy... Okay, the ad's over now. Back to the show. (laughs) Um, Really commit to keeping your space clean and looking fresh. Have the vintage clothing kit, and I'm going to tell you pause if you haven't heard that episode. Another great episode to go back and listen to. You don't have to listen to that one before this, but maybe listen to it after this your vintage clothing kit. Um, Have one on hand at your store in case you need to steam something, mend something stain treat something whatever you need to do have the items you need to 
to maintain that inventory in tip top shape. I think it's nice to have a signature scent to help with, you know, any of those vintage smells. Um, you know, try to keep it something subtle and universally, universally appealing. Um, I don't feel like a lot of people aren't really into like super fruity smells or super sweet smells. I feel like more neutral, earthy smells are good. Um, I would be super careful if you're going to burn a candle. In fact, I wouldn't recommend putting a candle like on the floor anywhere if you don't have to. Keep it behind like your cash wrap or your checkout. And also like um, the oil diffusers, those are really great. A nice safer option, no open flame. I would also probably keep that though out of customer reach just in case somebody tips it over i've tipped my personal one over in my house before and it was not fun to clean up even though there's water there's still oil in it so keep those out of reach but keep things smelling fresh i think that that will help the clothing as well just to kind of you know take away that old smell and you know no matter what you do sometimes when you have so much vintage concentrated in one spot it can be hard to get that smell out so keep it fresh my friends if you do have a dressing room, which I'm sure with a brick and mortar, you'll you'll figure something out to allow people to try on clothes. Um, just inspect them. You know, have like a back on the floor rack where you put everything or they put things that they're not interested in. But I would really inspect things for makeup stains. That is the one thing that I feel like I had been guilty of in the past. Like, and you learn your lesson quick, you could try on like a white shirt or something and then you rip it off and like you have foundation or blush or lipstick or whatever and it gets on the shirt. So be careful um, and check for those things, especially on necks and collars because not everybody's super considerate with that sort of thing. And then um, if you're able to steam stuff, if it's something that's steamable or you have a steamer, I would steam it. Honestly, I think that was a good idea prior to COVID. I know a lot of people are doing that now, but like, what the hell? What's what's it going to hurt to steam clean something and, and kill some germs? So not a bad idea at all if you can do it. I would highly recommend using some sort of inventory system, an omni-channel inventory system um, to know what's on hand and what's been sold. And it's also really great for keeping a timeline of your items that you have to know how long you've had them. Omni-channel basically means um, both retail, in-store, and then direct-to-consumer online. It was a term we used a lot at my old job, um, but it's a pretty common retail term in general. So I um, had asked on Instagram if anybody had recommendations, and for whatever reason, only one person responded to me. Um, and I um, I just thought it'd be easier for you to do the research on your own. So what I did is I found an article, um, and if you Google Software World 15 Best Inventory Management Software Systems, that's where I kind of did a little bit of research, but there's 15 different options. Um, I figured you could research that on your own because there's probably so many different facets to what you need and what is available to be chosen from. So, um, Malena, who had been on, um, the podcast a few episodes ago, I believe she said she uses Lightspeed, but she was thinking about changing. So if anybody in the meantime, if you missed my question, when I asked if you had any, um, any opinion there or any recommendations if you want to send them in in the meantime I'd be happy to 
share them after this episode as well. Or, you know, if you hear this episode like two years from now, I'd still be happy to share them. So I would check out that article from Software World. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of my bubbly water, some watermelon bubbly water still stuck in summer over here. Although it is going into summer in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Going to be getting warm there soon, if not warmer ready. All right, so I have a little diagram I drew. It says inventory, arrow, sales, arrow, returns, question mark. So if you're going to allow returns, you need some sort of policy and you don't have to allow returns, but if you are, then you need some sort of strict policy and you need to be able to be firm and put your foot down. If you're saying no returns, I would 100% make sure that you have highly visible signage that says that and verbally remind the person while they're checking out. Like, just a reminder, this isn't returnable. Um, I would personally rather lose a sale there than have somebody buy something and bring it back and have to deal with drama. So just, just make sure it's very clear to people what either if you have a policy or if you don't have a policy, just make sure that's communicated to them. And, you know, treat your inventory like your home, make a cleaning or inspection schedule, pick chunks of your inventory, look it over, check buttons, zippers, check for stains. I'm not sure if you saw my most recent um, post on Instagram, but I talked about how a child with a black ice cream cone came up to a uh, luxury consignment rack of clothing I had and ended up making like an ice cream mark on one of the shirts or dresses. I can't remember which, but don't allow that to to happen to you without knowing it. That's not like something you want to find a month later. I think it's good to just keep up with checking and inspecting and making sure that your inventory looks the best it can be. Um, because if somebody's looking through your rack and they find stuff that's damaged or stained or whatever, I feel like you start losing uh, credibility to your customers. And then my last tip, and then I'm going to go into some stuff from uh, Instagram. People gave me some responses. Um, be clear about what you will and won't allow in your store because this ultimately affects your inventory. For example, food and drink. We were just talking about ice cream. You don't have to allow that in your store, but if you want to, um, you know, have certain, like water is okay, but maybe not this and that, whatever, just make sure that's very clear to people. Um, decide whether you are okay with unattended children because, well, I just told you the ice cream story. Mom wasn't watching her son. He was running around with ice cream and, you know, that happened. Um, and then dogs too. A lot of people, especially in Cal California is crazy. I'm not kidding. I went to the dermatologist like two weeks ago. I was there really early in the morning. This guy, I guess, had an appointment before me. He walks out with his dog in his arms like a poodle i'm like okay i think that's so gross i mean obviously i have two dogs i love animals but like i don't want like I, it's just not a life or death situation he looked perfectly fine to me and he's like carrying his dog out so you know california is very dog friendly maybe a little too dog friendly in my opinion um depending on your area and what like the social norms are i guess but if you live in an area where it's like very dog friendly 
you might need to set some boundaries there depending on what your personal preferences are. You know, if a dog lifts his leg and pisses on like a pair of shoes that you have on the floor, are you going to freak out or are you going to be okay with it and let it roll off your shoulders? I feel like there's two different schools of thought there. So whoever you are, make sure that is clearly communicated to everyone that's coming into shop. Okay, so give me a minute here. Getting on Instagram. Hello. Okay, here we go. What did I ask? Okay. My question was, what could your favorite brick and mortar do better with their inventory? And I I said, even if it's your own, just be, you know, be constructive. Okay. So I had um, someone named PMJ Mama. She said, not pack the racks so full of clothing. It's hard to see all the options, and sometimes the clothing can get caught on the other hangers and the other clothing, and it can damage the clothing. So yeah, and I said, my response was this totally echoes what I said in last week's episode, which was technically two weeks now, but about, um, you know, if your racks are overpacked or depending on what kind of hangers you use or what's on the wall nearby, things can snag, rip, get broken. So yeah, personally, I love... um, I love like the the ability to move hangers and still see in front and behind. I think that's good. I'm not saying you need to like do the two finger or three finger spacing method thing. Um, but I do I don't like an overpacked rack. I like a rack that looks full but not insane. So just some opinions there from uh, PMJ Mama and me. Miss Master's Closet says more size inclusion, which I said yes, for sure, 100%. Um, And that's definitely something that you're going to have to research for your area and figure out like what is, you know, I'll have clients come in and they'll say, this is my average size customer and they know. So that is definitely something you will learn over time through through trial and error. Um, But once you have it down, I think it's important to make sure that your, your average customer both a little below and a little above. Everybody feels included. All right. BBO's Fresno says rotate more often to keep the shop fresh. Yeah, I think it's good to rotate your inventory um, as long as you're not like hoarding a lot, you know, um, in the back room or whatever. But uh, sometimes there might be things you just want to keep and hold on to because, you know, there's someone out there for it or something super special. So rotating through. um, I mean, I do that sometimes here at the warehouse. Like when things get really dusty here, I'll take a rack out with like a leaf blower and blow the dust off of it. Sometimes I wash things and hang them up on fresh hangers. And it's stuff that people have seen plenty of times before, but then they buy it because I don't know if they think it's new or what. (laughs) I have no idea. It's an interesting psychological experiment for sure. Um, Thrifted by Laura. Oh, let's see. Oh, she just left a really nice comment. She says she's from Finland and that she loves the podcast. So thank you, Laura. (laughs) I was like, wait, is this something? She said she doesn't have a vintage um, business, no, as a business, but it's a hobby for her. So thank you for your listenership. Thrifted by Laura from from Finland. God, I miss Europe. I need to to get out of this country. (laughs) All right, mixtape vintage says i want to introduce a sale rack as currently i just mark things down if they haven't sold but i don't actually move them question mark 
I am super tight with my inventory, maybe too tight, question mark. I don't have a lot of extras, so I like to keep the racks looking full without being packed. Not sure what is preferable. I think um, full without being packed is great. And that's definitely something, you know, that I feel like it, once again, you learn by trial and error. Um, and sometimes, you know, even if you mark things down, I guess my advice was if you're marking something down and people still aren't buying it, it just might not be a good piece for your customer base. Um, and that's not something you should feel bad about, you know, like, oh, you know, oh, I made a bad choice or whatever. I've had plenty of those pieces that, you know, it's just, it wasn't right. And maybe you really liked it and you weren't thinking in your customer's best interest. And I'm not talking about mixtape vintage in this instance, but I'm talking about something sometimes when I did that, when I was selling. So, um, once again, just reevaluating your customer and what, um, what they're interested in and what they want, maybe looking at those pieces that have been marked down, still aren't moving. Is this something that they really want? Melody Note Vintage, uh, who is visiting the warehouse next week. Awesome. Coming up from Palm Springs for a little shopping. Um, she says, my shop assistant says my racks are too packed. And I think if you can see everything without a struggle, it's okay. I don't like the sparse racks and a sales associate that has to measure each hanger length um, from the next, which is what I was talking about with like the fingers. <laughs> So I do listen and I do work on that. Also, I need about 10 more hours to each day and more space. Yeah, I mean, I could use about 20. I could use double. I wish I had double days, 48 hours in a day. Um, but I, I mean, I would have to, I guess I personally would want to see like what her racks look like. Everybody's different. And this is all very subjective too. Um, if you can see everything without a struggle, it's okay. I mean, I think for me, like when racks are packed, seeing it is a problem, yes. And also like I hate having to like push, you know, like I hate that when it feels like, oh, hang on, my phone timed out. When it feels like a workout and especially if the um, the rack hasn't been like oiled or like buffed in a while and the hangers haven't, then like you get like a residue and it's hard to move things and then it really feels like a workout. So um, that's also something to maybe think about doing with your store fixtures is making sure that like things are sliding easily. So it's not so, not so like painstaking, like, oh my God. And then um, obviously that can sometimes be a deterrent for people too. Like, oh, this is just, it's too hard to move or whatever. Oh, I can't move this hanger. So something to think about as well. Uh, let's see, last one. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from mountain air sundries um we're in a smaller size college town i sell children's vintage online but love to wear vintage myself when i can find my size our tiny vintage shop feels more like a costume shop for teenagers to me i wish there was a more quote serious shop that made me feel more comfortable as someone who has held on to the 60s and early 70s in my heart I do find some pieces occasionally, but the overcrowded racks crammed together in a dark room with bizarre stuff everywhere are a turnoff for me. There are old ladies who heart vintage too and dream of a classy place to shop. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that there is a, um, 
Well, I, I honestly don't feel like for older women, there aren't really many fashion options in general. I used to have this conversation with my aunt a lot because she looks amazing for her age and she's young at heart, but she wants to dress age appropriately. And she never really felt like she liked going to thrift stores because she didn't feel like mall stores, you know, um, had much to offer her. But I feel like thrift store is one thing, like a true vintage store. Yeah. I mean, what I would say to you, uh, Mountain Air Sundries, is that 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 shop probably isn't looking to cater to what you want, unfortunately. Um, and it sounds like it's, they might, it sounds like they might need to listen to my podcast for some advice, maybe. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I just don't think you're probably going to find what you're looking for there. So it's always nice to maybe do some research and see if there's another shop around or maybe while you're traveling. I always like to look and see what the vintage scene is like. Not that people are traveling really crazy right now, but you never know. Um, I know I'm sorry that that shop is that way and you feel excluded. So guys, here's another little piece of advice. We're talking about people making comfortable in terms of gender, in terms of their size, but age is another big one. You know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of ageism out there. And, um, I think that vintage should be open and inclusive of everyone, no matter who they are. And I think we kind of, very often forget about ageism and how we we think oh vintage is just for young people or people in their 20s and 30s and that's that's not true at all so I do hope that you find a store that caters caters to you um and if anyone out there feels like they cater to a more mature crowd let me know um even if you have an online store and I can, I can pass your information along to her. Um, cause I totally get that you, you want to shop for yourself and awesome that you do, uh, you do children's vintage online. That's really fun. Um, but yeah, I, the costume shop feel in like a dark room. That's another thing. Make sure your shop is well lit. Natural light is amazing, but if not, whether you have natural light at not or not at night, it's going to get dark. So have have good lighting and make sure that people can see what they're looking at. Um, and I do know there are um, there are some really costumey um, vintage stores. One that I can think of specifically in Pennsylvania is in uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania. I personally love it because they have a lot of like vintage toys and stuff too. But uh, love saves the day, and I do believe that they. I hope they didn't close. I'd, I'd be so brokenhearted if they did. But they had one, I believe, that closed in um, in Manhattan as well. But um, that definitely always had like a darker costumey vibe to me. And I do feel like for the longest time, that's what vintage stores were. It was more of a costumey, fun piece. I'm on a trip. I'm going to buy it as a memento. But now vintage has become, it's become a part of our lives. You know, it's become part of our daily wardrobes. It's not just for fun or kitschy or, you know, ironic. Um, it's it's a big part of our lives and it's a big part of changing our lives go forward in terms of um, environmental concerns, in terms of human rights concerns. So um, yeah, definitely. I I think that vintage stores should slowly be kind of morphing to follow that path um, as more of an everyday piece instead of something. And that, that doesn't mean vintage, you can't have super special vintage pieces, but it's definitely becoming something that people wear more and more and more 
every single day. So that's all I have, folks. Thank you for your audience participation on Instagram at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. I frequently ask questions and try to get the audience involved for episodes. So thank you to all of those who, are, who um, participated in that specific question. If you do get on Instagram, there's a link in my bio um, with like a link tree to just about everything. A link tree is basically a link you click and then it opens up a bunch of links. Um, Many people have them on their Instagrams, but just in case you're not familiar, that is what a link tree is. Art and Rafi were recently featured um, by a capital group, C2FO, who we use during covid to keep the business rolling um and they did a blog article on art and raffi and it's like really like a nice abridged history of baz brothers so if you're interested in reading that if you go to my instagram you can find the link there and if you don't have instagram you can still get on instagram from a browser so it's like instagram.com forward slash my best vintage life podcast and you can still access the link so don't think just because you don't have instagram you can't access my instagram and if you still can't get to it let me know and i can send you the link to that and also um there's a link in there to go to the academy there's a link in there to go to my website and also i just put in a link from um a care.org petition which is um, really important to me is um, really taking a stand and giving the voice to the the Uyghur Muslims who are being in imprisoned in China and forced into slave labor. Um, oh, it's just horrible. I can't even talk about it without crying, just because uh, so many big corporations in the United States are are taking advantage of the slave labor, and it's sick and it's disgusting. And um, I feel like there are little things that we can do, but at the end of the day, this is something that needs to come from the top. And I really hope that someone, some politician somewhere, um, and I don't have much faith in politicians, to be honest, uh, someone needs to take a stand for these people. It's disgusting. So if you would like to sign that petition, you can find that in my link tree as well. Um, And I'm sure, you know, that that good karma will come back to you somehow. And I thank you if, if you decide to sign it. Let me know. I'd love to know if you signed it. Um, I hadn't checked if anybody did. And it's kind of hard because, like, the names, you look, if you look at the petition, the names are constantly changing. So I really wouldn't know unless you tell me. So if you participate, please let me know so I can thank you personally for taking a stand for the Uyghur Muslims. Okay, that is the podcast for this week. Um, if you have any questions, in the meantime, let me know. The next episode will be the final in our installment about inventory, and we're going to talk about retail math. (laughs) I'm most likely going to have to do some sort of mini class um, on the academy to go with this because it's not the most fun thing or the easiest thing to talk about and listen to. Most people aren't auditory learners. They're very visual and kinesthetic in their learning style. And that's something when you're a teacher, you have to recognize which of your students are, are, you know, some people are auditory and kinesthetic, some are visual and kinesthetic, everybody's different. So making sure that you, um, making sure that you serve everyone properly. So I don't feel like I would be serving everyone properly by only doing um, the audio portion. So that is um that is pretty much that for now so guys i know it's been a crazy week with the election people are stressed anxious angry just you know 
at the end of the day, we are we are individual people and I truly believe in doing your best and being kind, educating yourself, educating others for what you believe in and what you stand up for. I don't think, sorry, loud truck, I don't think any one politician should be idolized or made to be an icon in any way because you are you, you will save you. You need to be your own um, your own superhero. So keep that in mind and, and stay positive. All right, my friends, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, and don't be basic. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Bridget. It's Corey, a listener from Fresno, California. I just wanted to leave you this voice message saying, keep up the great work with the podcast. Look forward to new episodes. And hopefully, maybe you have a video podcast coming soon. All right. Take care. Bye.